for Monday, March 12th. It is Market Foolery coming to you from Austin, Texas. We are here once again for South by Southwest. I'm Chris Hill, and I'm so happy to be here in the media lounge at South by Southwest, joined by the one and only Mr. Texas himself, Simon Erickson. Good to see you, man. Chris, welcome back to the Central Time Zone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's interesting to come to the Central Time Zone and then immediately deal with daylight savings. You got, right. you got that whole thing. So it basically cancels everything out. An, uh, an hour less sleep right in the middle of South by Southwest. Almost unfair. It is, it is almost unfair. Um, I, I want to get to some of the things that you've been experiencing so far, but uh, but you are... You love South by Southwest. You're you're a Texas native. You're living in Houston now. Speaking of sleep deprivation, you're looking good for a guy who has a two month old baby. Thank you. You're you're looking remarkably coherent. So so kudos to you for that. Um, Elon Musk, a very hot ticket, and somehow you were one of the people who got the hot ticket to go see Elon Musk. Um, how was he? It was one of the most amazing presentations of my entire life. Just, Everything you hear about Elon Musk being the smartest guy in the room, he was in a very large room and he was the smartest guy. Uh, my overall takeaways is he's got a mind that can remember everything and immediate recall, and he makes very rational decisions that have led to his success. It's almost amazing to see everything that he's done. Um, but then you see him speak in person, you realize why. Why it was? Did he take questions from the audience? Absolutely, every question. The entire presentation was really just um, bombarding Elon with questions from the audience, and just in rapid succession, he answered every one of them uh, almost perfectly. Almost every word he said on stage was perfect, and then he also danced to the Three Amigos uh, later in the in the presentation as well. It was quite entertaining. <laughs> Did anyone stand up and ask some version of the following? How far off from half a million vehicles per year are you guys going to be? He did say that the, the Tesla Model 3 was consuming the majority of his time right now. He did not answer the question specifically <laughs> that you asked, which is on everyone's mind, of can you actually pull this off? But he did say that the production of the Model 3 and, and interestingly, artificial intelligence were the two topics keeping him up at night right now. So we'll see. Uh, Musk is notoriously late on his deadlines, but I, I think that he's got a pretty good track record of eventually getting there anyways. Before we started taping, you were saying one of the things uh, coming out of uh, the session with Elon Musk was connecting the dots. And it sounds like, as investors, our job is going to be slightly more complicated in the future than it is right now. Sure. Um, actually, I, I've got two big takeaways, Chris. One of them, actually, for Elon Musk is, is the objectivity of investing. Um, what I mean by that is, don't get too wrapped up in buzzwords and hype cycles and things that have giant addressable markets, but they haven't proven themselves yet. I think that Elon has been so successful because he just continues you know, milestone after milestone to make progress. And he's objective the entire way. He actually said one of his stories that, that he mentioned here today was that he didn't let his friends invest in Tesla or SpaceX at the very beginning, because he personally thought each of those businesses had less than a 10% chance of being successful. And so it just shows you then he would realize, well, why is this? Why can't anybody else figure out this rockets problem? Where the costs of rockets are not significantly a percentage of the total finished cost of a rocket. 
what's the delta in there? And then he went in and he looked and he said, okay, well, the problem is that they're not reusable. And ultimately, that should be what's guiding my decisions going forward. That's why you see SpaceX spending so much time on reusable rockets. Of course, the, uh, the Falcon Heavy just launched, the largest payload we've ever seen out of a spacecraft. Uh, and then the rockets land exactly in the same spots that he wants to back on Earth. And now he's solved that problem that has changed the entire economics of that industry. Um, being ob objective in his approach is one of the key things that I've took, taken away from Elon Musk and what has made him so successful. The other takeaway, uh, which is the one that you just alluded to, is that there are a lot of interdependencies that we need to be watching as investors too. I say this makes the job of the foolish analyst significantly, if not exponentially harder, but you can't just go into a trend and say, okay, I'm just going to look at, at artificial intelligence or machine learning or computing power or blockchains or any of these, these themes that we're seeing emerge in isolation. You have to look at them interdependent. They, have, they affect each other. And so the example that was given this morning is, is now Uber wants to launch their own cryptocurrency. They're doing an ICO. Are you kidding? Not kidding. Kodak <laughs> is doing the same thing. Not traditionally thought of as a very innovative company, by the way. No, no, not, not, for, not for a good 25, 30 years or so. But it's a buzzword. Everyone wants to have an ICO right now. Maybe we could have Chris Hillcoin. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to think about in terms of, okay, well, how is this all interconnected to everything else? If um, Uber really wants to do this, they're challenging an established leader. Uh, Didi Chuxing in, in China, who is backed by Alibaba, who's doing a lot of work in machine learning and in artificial intelligence, which ties back to the blockchain. And that's, that's something that's not considered typically when you just say, oh, they're doing an ICO. It's pretty interesting. There's interdependencies that affect the outcomes um, that we need to start really focusing on as investors. Uh, I know you're going to be talking with Christine Hargis on Wednesday uh, for the healthcare edition of Industry Focus, so I won't ask you about healthcare. I will say, though, that uh, at some point you need to get to the trade show floor because there is, once again, a, a pretty sizable presence on the, the trade show floor of all manner of healthcare. Although, I will say that one of the big differences between this year and last year is that last year there was a lot of uh, presence of marijuana, uh, not actually in use, but in the booths themselves, <laughs> and uh, and and most of it was tied to the uh, medical marijuana side of the industry, much more biotech and. Uh, it's, it's a hop in time here in the media lab. There's cheering in the background. I think they must have heard what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, that's basically gone away this year, yeah. uh, from, from what I can tell. But anyway, definitely check that out. Um, so, we won't talk about healthcare because you're going to talk to Christine about that. Uh, but you saw not just Elon Musk, you, you went to a couple of te tech breakouts this morning. What are one or two tech trends uh, that you saw this morning in action that caught your attention? Sure. And again, when we say trends, you know, steering away from um, flashy, hypey headline, but something that really is here to stay long term trend is, is something that's that's got legs to it. I think one of the interesting ones that we saw was that 2018 might be the beginning of the end for the smartphone. We've kind of collapsed a lot of utility into this super computing processor that's in our in our pocket now they can take pictures they can make phone calls send text a lot of the things that we're using for but there's nothing really 
super radical being developed anymore. They're, they're kind of incremental improvements. And so this pace of innovation for the smartphone is slowing, and you're starting to see global sales of smartphones plateauing, even decreasing year over year, uh, which, you know, we, we might be at the year of the peak smartphone right now, because you're starting to see other more radical technologies kind of taking the forefront now. What I mean by that is it might not be us typing into um, our smartphone for, for text messaging anymore. By the way, I hate doing that. I always type the wrong one, and then people have to figure out what I'm, what I'm sending. But you know, now you're starting to see digital assistants. You know, Alexa is something you communicate with your voice. You don't need to type anything in at a much slower rate. It just communicates with you. And when you're seeing digital assistants get smarter, um, using their own algorithms to figure out what you're actually asking it, that can replace a whole lot of functionality that we've seen in a smartphone. And it doesn't even need to be something in your pocket anymore because it could just be a, a, like a wearable device. We could finally be at the point that internet connections and latencies are low enough and the processing is fast enough that we can really have something like a smart glasses or a smart device that can respond to what we're doing. And I think the next evolution for this, Chris, isn't just responding the way that we're used to Google responding when we ask it a question. You say, Google, what is artificial intelligence? And gives you 10 links of websites that will explain to you what artificial intelligence is. The more interesting answer is a direct answer that understands your question, where it says artificial intelligence is blank, blank, blank. I've completely answered your question. I understand the intent of what you're doing. That's what a lot of artificial intelligence is really focusing on today. And so the next five years, uh, we're going to see a radical shift from not only how we're searching the internet for information, but what we're carrying around with us. You just reminded me when you were talking about the smart speakers on the flight out here, I printed out the uh, latest report from Edison Research. They do their annual report on essentially audio programming. It's called the share of the ear. And the and, and they go through radio consumption, uh, podcast consumption, uh, social media, all, all sorts of things. And it's a very comprehensive survey that they do. So it's one of these PowerPoints that has like 65 slides. And their number one headline was about smart speakers and how uh, quickly they're being adopted in the United States. So it's uh, it, it, I, it was interesting to read. It wasn't the biggest surprise. It was a little surprising the numbers that they had, but I had never really thought to go back to your thing about interdependencies. Um, I had never really put it together with, oh, and if this happens, then one potential ripple effect is less dependency on the smartphone. Right, Chris. And I mean, like so much of technology is kind of uh, hidden behind the stage. It's the thing you're not looking at that all of a sudden, because of these trends developing, all of a sudden is a really big deal. I mean, Chris, I remember a couple of years ago, people were laughing about Bitcoin. They thought this was a fad. They thought this was some goofy thing I was that, one of them. that, that were, people were developing. <laughs> a bunch of you know techies were developing. Now, this year, everyone is talking about blockchains. I mean, there's entire tracks of, of South by Southwest here focusing just on blockchains. Again, something that was a laughing joke not more than two or three years ago is now at the forefront because of those interdependencies and the trends happening at the same time. Uh, anything else? Because you, you've got a more packed schedule than just about anyone here. Um, anything else you're either uh, excited about or looking forward to in terms of breakout sessions? Oh my gosh, I, I've somehow collapsed three weeks into three days for this session. <laughs> um, gosh, just a couple of them that I think is gonna be really interesting. We got the global premiere of Ready Player One 
tonight happening right here at South you by Southwest. You didn't get a ticket to that, did I'm you? trying, Chris. I'm oh. going to be there waiting in line. It starts at 9.30, so we've got a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to be great. Um, I'm talking with a, an expert about quantum computing, which is changing the way that information is encrypted on the internet. Um, all of our credit card information, financial information is built upon encryption, email, a whole bunch of other things. But now that you have faster and faster computing, a lot of those standards are going to have to evolve. So it will be interesting to see how that changes things in the next couple of years. And then, like you said earlier, the um, healthcare space is fascinating to me. I think genomics is, is an industry that's going to be experiencing some very rapid changes um, in the next couple of years. And then later today, I'm going to go to a buddy of mine who's started a virtual reality company and play around with the newest, nice. uh, the newest toys that he's got out there. Uh, again, uh, Simon's going to be on Industry Focus on Wednesday, digging into the healthcare scene here at South by Southwest. I'll just say, if you get over to the trade show floor, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to tease you with two words. It has nothing to do with healthcare, but it could radically transform uh, not just a couple of different industries, but also our lives. Let me just say two words to you: sushi teleportation. <laughs> Again, sushi teleportation. I'm not making this up. Check it out on the trade show floor. I will be there. Always good to see you, my friend. Pleasure's mine. Thanks for having me, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you.